0: Welcome to the Hospital Finance Podcast, your go to source for information and insights that can help you stay ahead of the challenges impacting healthcare finance. And now, the host of the Hospital Finance Podcast, Michael Passanate.
1: Hi, this is Mike Passanate, and welcome back to the Hospital Finance Podcast. Behavioral economics is a well established field that is now being used to transform the healthcare revenue cycle. To explain this new application, I'm joined by Karen Horgan, co-founder and CEO of ValHealth. Karen co-founded ValHealth to apply behavioral economics to improve health and health care. A proven expert in developing high-impact behavior change and engagement programs, Karen is commonly found presenting at leading industry conferences and private speaking events, including South by Southwest, HIMSS, the AHIP Institute, and the World Economic Forum. As CEO, she has spearheaded the development of hundreds of behavior change programs that enable clients to overcome healthcare's biggest challenges. Karen holds an MBA from the Harvard Business School, a BA from the University of Pennsylvania, and a BS from the Wharton School of the University of Pennsylvania. Karen, welcome to the show.
0: Michael, thank you for having me. And I'm a little embarrassed by that full bio there. Thank
1: you. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's certainly impressive, and, and we're glad to have an expert like you on the show to talk about a topic that I find so interesting. Um, Karen, why don't you start out by explaining for our audience what behavioral economics is?
0: That's a great question. So behavioral economics, many people have heard the term before. We like to think of it as a science, and it's used to nudge people. So think about how behavior change has been pushed over the years. We used to think that if you give people information, that alone is going to drive them to do something. We literally put smoking kills on cigarettes and people still smoke. Then where we evolved to is what I'd like to say, traditional economics. I want you to do X, I'll pay you Y. And we see this in healthcare. I want you to go get a mammogram, here's $50. I want you to complete a health risk assessment, here's 25. And that works for a subset of the population who are perfectly rational. But what we know now is most of us are not rational. We have biases to the present, which is why we'll eat the chocolate cake when we see it. We have a version of loss and regret. We overweight small probabilities, which is why we spend over $70 billion a year on lotteries. And so what we do with behavioral economics is you acknowledge these irrationalities people have, and you can use that to nudge people to make the preferred choices and the right choices in
1: healthcare. So Karen, where do we see behavioral economics in our, in our everyday life?
0: that's a good question and after i speak you're all going to be looking at everything slightly differently now so health uh healthcare is just starting to adapt to behavioral economics but finance and retail they've been doing it for a long time so think about one of the ways you think about behavioral economics is you want to make the right path the easy path netflix does this so we're now in july under this pandemic and many people have been binging on netflix How many times have you watched the next episode because they give you like six seconds to stop it? They're making their right path the easy path. Or if you have a 401k, when you joined your organization, they probably defaulted you into contribution versus asking you to contribute. And back in the 80s, when that change was made, where it used to be that when you joined a company, you have to sign in for a sign up for a 401k, it went from about 17% of Americans contributing to a 401k to about 70 or 80% just by changing the default. So that's happening in your everyday life. Other ways you see it would be around social framing, understanding what your neighbors are doing. Your energy bill probably comes with a comparison of how you're doing relative to your energy-efficient neighbors. Or even another example is airlines, for those of us who used to book airline tickets but aren't doing that right now, they'll tell you there's one seat left at this price. They're creating a sense of scarcity to nudge you to make a decision right now and not procrastinate anymore. So all of these are just simple examples of how the other industries are using this to nudge your consumer behavior.
1: And I can't figure out how much better or why my neighbors are doing so much better on their energy than I am, but um, <laughs> well, <laughs> somehow they're somehow they are. Um, Karen, I, hi.
0: I, I know that feeling. <laughs> I, every month I'm like. Oh come on, I can do it, I can do it. And then it shows up and I'm like, oh, what did I do different? <laughs> I know.
1: I know. They need they need to give me the tools to to do better. Um, Karen, how can behavioral economics then be used to transform healthcare and specifically revenue cycle management?
0: Michael, no, that's a great question. You know, over at mental health now we're about ten years old. And over the years we've really seen that behavioral economics is really that last mile to transform healthcare because we have a hard time doing what we know we should be doing. We want to just be healthy. We don't want to do anything to to get there. And I'll give you a couple examples of where we've been able to effectively apply this. Um, One example, population health. And this could be through a hospital system or payer. There's great condition management programs out there that you can uh, institute with quick wins and some social proof and lots of other elements. And we were able to double the rate at which people signed up for that program by reframing its value. Because oftentimes you're trying to tell the patient, here's all the fantastic 27 things you're gonna get from the program, and then they're overwhelmed and they shut down and they never get started. But if you focus on one or two that are very specific, people can understand that and feel that they can accomplish that, and they'll take the first step. So that was population health and condition management. Another area of healthcare, would be around, this is probably relevant to your audience, around no-show rates. And how do you get patients to actually show up for their appointments? And we worked with Mount Sinai in a high-risk, high-cost population, and we effectively reduced no-show rates by five uh, percentage points. And we did that by applying the social proof. We put signs up in the office that nine out of ten patients show up for their appointment. And we also created a pledge form between the physician and the patient. And we know pledging has that impact as well. And so that, with no cost and no other changes, effectively got 5% of the reduction in no-show rates. Uh, Two other examples I want to talk about would be portals and how do you improve the patient experience using portals and creating value there. And working with Sutter Health, we increased the rate by 4.9 times at which patients were scheduling appointments online. We know that online scheduling is a patient satisfier. You can do it anytime you want. You don't have to talk to anybody. It's also economically advantageous because you don't have to man call centers for people to be calling in to schedule appointments. And so using email as a touch point and framing as exclusivity and something new, like a fresh start, we got 4.9 times as many people to schedule their appointments online. So the last example I want to give would be bill payment. We recently uh, have done a project to trans To modify the bills that are sent out to patients, to bring in social proof, you know, other patients have paid their bills, using common language, and just simplifying the statement overall, because I already talked about when there's too much in front of us, we shut down. And so how do you communicate to patients that now is the time to, hey, others are doing this, and here's the common language of what you need to be doing. So all of that can effectively transform healthcare, improve the patient experience, and actually increase the revenue as well.
1: Are there certain areas of healthcare where you've seen behavioral economics having a higher or a lower acceptance and impact?
0: Great question. So when you can change the default in anything, it can have the biggest impact. A great example, our colleague at Penn Medicine, they, changed, they had a, an initiative to increase the rate of prescribing generics. And what they did is overnight in the EMR is they changed the default from whatever it was before, alphabetical, something branded, to the default prescribing was generic. And overnight, the range of generic prescribing went from about 30 to 50% for different meds to over 90%. So really powerful when you can take steps away and take away some of the decision-making, that can make a big uh, impact. Or if you can, we worked with the state of Michigan and their Medicaid population and trying to increase the rate at which they completed health risk assessments. And rather than paying people to do them when they were getting single digits for that, it transformed the journey. And we made the health risk assessment part of the enrollment process. And we went from single digits to over 95%. So whenever you can make that right path the easy path, eliminate steps, improve the experience, that can have the biggest impact and, and, make a, and make the change that you need.
1: So what are some of the first steps that hospitals and providers can take to incorporate behavioral economics into their organizations?
0: The first step is always the hardest part because we as humans have inertia, and we all know that. And So I, tell, I challenge your listeners to think about specific, maybe even a micro behavior that you want to change or engagement that you need? Is it you need to reduce no-show rates? Is it you need to increase bill pay rates? Is it you need to decrease uh, errors in entries? What is it that specific behavior, that your goal, and then what is the behavior that people do to achieve that goal? Obviously make sure it's something you can measure because if you wanna start bringing behavioral economics into your organization, Some people are gonna be naysayers, and they're gonna be like, well, that's just common sense. But in reality, it's not the way we think. Because in hindsight, it was common sense, but because we're irrational, it's not how we operate. And so you wanna be able to measure the before and after so people start to understand the nuances that if you change three words, it makes a difference, or if you change the order, it makes a difference. And so think about the specific behavior, make sure you can measure, and then, Think about which behavioral economics tools you might want to use. Do you want to make the right path the easy path? Can you change the defaults or eliminate steps? Do you want to bring in framing and social proof to nudge people? Do you need to change the way financial elements are designed because we know losses are more powerful than gains? So take one easy step that doesn't require a whole lot of organizational change, but something that you can control, and measure that impact. And that can make a big change for you.
1: Great discussion, Karen. If someone wanted to find out more about ValHealth, where can they go?
0: So I recommend our website, www.valhealth.com. We've got resources there. We also, you can sign up for, we have, uh, we call monthly insights, which takes a different form each month because you need to shake it up. Sometimes it's a newsletter, sometimes it's recent article, sometimes it's factoids about behavioral economics. And so you can stay in touch with us that way. And there are some white papers and other examples there.
1: Karen Horgan, thanks so much for joining us today on the Hospital Finance Podcast.
0: Thanks for having me.
1: If you have a topic that you'd like us to discuss on the Hospital Finance Podcast, or if you'd like to be a guest, drop us a line at update at bestler.com.